1: All right, there they go. It's only an hour. Chris Dukes filling in for Jordan Scruggs today. Now it's time for the award-winning midday with Trey and BK. And for the record, our Bryles didn't do anything wrong when he was coaching at Estra Guelphi in Italy for those couple of years. Are yeah. we sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Actually, I don't know if I want to put that on the record because – Considering some of the stories we heard about that dude when he was a high school coach at Stephenville before he started his uh, college coaching career, odds are, yeah, there was something shady
2: going on in that Italian football league that Bryles was a part of. We also have to think, too, that Italy is about 30 to 40 years behind in terms of gender roles versus the rest of the world, certainly America. So you're allowed to get away with a whole lot more as a guide towards women in Italy mm. in 2024. That's a scary
1: thought. You're thinking of a guy like Art Bryles and what women had to deal with on the campus at Baylor university while he was running the show with that football program What a horrible guy. And yeah, what a bad bit that was by Jeff Levy last year, bringing that dude around thinking that saying, Oh, he's my father-in-law was going to be a good enough excuse to appease the masses. Like dude, read the room. I'm not saying you don't love your father-in-law. That's fine. Of course you're welcome to do so, but Like, you got to know the S-storm that bringing that guy around a major college football program would cause. And he acted like he had no clue that people would act the way that
2: they did. God, I hate to fucking see the other side here. You're right. Ultimately, you are correct. That is the correct viewpoint. But in Jeff Levy's defense, it is just his father-in-law. He wasn't trying to coach anybody up. He was just there supporting his son-in-law and probably visiting the family for the weekend. So in a weird way, I understand the justification, but you still have to know better than that. Like, yeah, you can attend the game, you can't end up on the fucking field with you after the game. That is going to draw the wrong kind of attention. In team-issued gear. Like, I get it. Like, your father-in-law is going to normally rock the gear
1: that you're wearing and that you're coaching or the school that you're coaching for. But, yeah, team-issued gear on the sideline. Just dumb all around. And one of the many reasons why I think Oklahoma fans were not too upset that Lebby got the head coaching gig at Mississippi State. There were Sooners who wanted to get rid of that guy. It feels like a saving grace for him that he got a promotion elsewhere.
2: Maybe he was trying to soft sell the Sooner fan base on Bryles and it backfired uh, spectacularly. Yeah, it did indeed. All right. Um, Speaking of Oklahoma. Let's
1: start today's show with this. ESPN's Bill Connolly posted an article this morning ranking the top 80 quarterbacks in college football since the year 2000. I don't know how they got to the number 80, but we're going back to 2000. So, this millennium, this century, whatever, the top 80 quarterbacks in college football, according to Bill Connolly, since Y2K.
2: That was a real thing, wasn't it? So my the most selfish question that I have, BK, is where does VY rank in all of this? Because I think where I think I know where most Longhorns would have him ranked, but he gets a little bit of slight in lists like this typically. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear that he's maybe just outside the top five. So we're not going to go 80 to 1, but we'll start with VY since you asked about him, and then we'll maybe do the top 12 to 15. Vince Young comes in at number three. Okay, all right, good. He's he's getting more of his proper due than I thought he would. Yeah. You care to take guesses of the two guys that he's behind?
1: Is Cam Newton one or two? Good call. Cam Newton is number two on this list. Is number one Burrow? Number one is not Joe Burrow. He is in the top ten.
2: Okay. But he is not in the top uh, one. Is number one, surely not Baker Mayfield. He never won a national championship. If not Baker Mayfield, who is number one? Well, my name is not Shirley, but the answer is Baker Mayfield. What the fuck? And he is
1: ranked ahead of four national champions who come in two through five. Cam Newton at two, VY at three, Tim Tebow, who was a two-time national title winner at Florida's number four, and the aforementioned Joe Burrow rounds out the top five. Bacon Mayfield, number one on this list. I will read you Bill Connolly's explanation, and then I want to hear your thoughts. You're shaking your head, so I already know your thoughts, and you already said what the fuck. So, yeah, that was the most obvious uh, display of your thoughts ever. But here's Bill Connolly. Newton, Young, and Burrow had the best seasons. Mayfield had the best career. Began with him walking on at Texas Tech, quickly winning the starting job and throwing for 413 yards in his debut. He lost his job to injury, then ended up landing at OU. The Sooners hadn't won an outright conference title since 2010, but he led them to three in a row with three top five finishes and two CFP bids. His storybook career ended with him throwing and rushing for 4,938 yards and 48 touchdowns winning the Heisman and bringing OU to within an eyelash of the national title game. He was so good that despite uh, despite non-prototypical size, the Cleveland Browns couldn't resist making him the number one pick in the
2: 2018 draft. Look, that's a great argument. It is. And he was a fantastic college quarterback and an inspirational story in a sense as well, although you wonder how many teams... Wanted to stay away from the Bake Show because there were some added things going on behind the scenes in ter- terms of influential people and how malady they could be a defensive Baker, which might help explain why he went from Texas Tech to Oklahoma before it's all said and done. Great college quarterback. No question about that. Deserved that Heisman Trophy. And the fact that they didn't make it to that national championship game when they lost a big lead to, was it Georgia in the Rose Bowl? Um, That wasn't his fault. That was the defense's fault. And yeah, the offense didn't continue scoring points, but ultimately that one does fall on the defense. But he also didn't win that national championship, which I feel like should be uh, in the top tier and maybe the most important of those qualifiers for a really good quarterback and why he would be ranked number one in the entire two plus decades now.
1: He didn't win a national championship. And like you said, he never played for the national championship. Like, look, Baker Mayfield's awesome. He's one of the best college quarterbacks of all time. He he should absolutely be in the top 10. Hell, I think he belongs in the top five, but you can't put a guy who never won a championship as the number one quarterback of all time. Like, look at the NFL. Like, everyone says Tom Brady's the number one QB of all time. Why? Because he's won more Super Bowls than anybody else. Tom Brady's not the most athletically gifted QB we've ever seen. He don't have the most arm talent of any quarterback we've ever seen. Now, he's up there, of course, You can't win without that stuff. But he's number one because he won championships, and a lot of them. Like, to be the number one quarterback, I know this isn't an all-time article, but in two and a half decades, you have to have at least one championship. And Baker Mayfield, for as great as he was, was not good enough to lead Oklahoma to a championship. He cannot be number one on this list. I don't think I need to apologize because I know we're talking to primarily Texas fans, so I don't think they're too upset with our take there. But apologies if you are an OU fan or a Baker Mayfield stan and this news is coming off as harsh. But once again, as good as he was, could not win a championship. You can't put him number one on this list. So let me ask you if you're Bill Connolly and you're ranking the top eighty. God, I know you would never do something as ridiculous as that. But if you're just asked the number one QB in just college, nap, football. just thinking about doing that. Yeah, how's that for I mean, look—it's—it's it's the off season. It ain't the fastest time on the sports calendar, but we're not that effing bored, all right? We're not going eighty <laughs> through one on this list. Who is number eighty, by the way? Who's Mister Irrelevant here? Uh, oh, let's go see. Be thinking about who you would pick for number one. Number eighty on this list: Bailey Zappi, Western Kentucky's own. <laughs> now with the New England Patriots. I mean, that guy had a ridiculous statistical career. Um. At Houston Christian, and then went to Western Kentucky. But uh, that you know, that's how far down we have to go on this list, and that's how far down Bill Connolly went making this list. But for you,
2: he wanted to make sure to include somebody whose name everybody would recognize, just so he gets a little bit of extra credit for that for this ridiculous display of nerddom. Good job. I mean, look, there's some there's
1: some big names in the '70s. Here I am saying we're not going to go down this whole list, and now (laughs) we're. I mean, Matt Ryan is in the 70s. The great Timmy Chang. Dak Prescott. Timmy Chang from Hawaii. Yep, yep. You talk about numbers. Insane numbers. Yeah. Uh, Dak, Brandon Whedon, Geno Smith, A.J. McCarron, who won a national title. Like, you know, there's been a lot of good quarterbacks, I guess is my point. Would I spend the time ranking 80 of them? No. But... There's a lot of big names all throughout this list. But anyways, back to the top 10. If you were picking
2: your number one QB since the year 2000, who would it be? Is it biased? Fuck yeah, it's biased. Vince Young's number one. Guys, let's not overthink this here. I would accept an argument for Joe Burrow, perhaps, because his season was so ridiculous. Now, he did have better weapons around him than VY did Uh, his last couple of years at Texas. But yeah, give me VY. He won that Rose Bowl for Texas, or he and the team won that Rose Bowl in his first full year as a starter. And that second full year, they won the national championship when nobody really gave them a shot heading into that championship game against USC. If he had come back for one more year, uh, there would uh, be definite possibilities for uh, back-to-back championships. No question about that. But hey, he took a uh, top three draft pick and unfortunately went to Jeff Fisher and the Tennessee Titans. He overcame that as a rookie and uh, definitely got in his own way in a sense, but Jeff Fisher got in his way too after that. And unfortunately the uh, NFL career, it had some bright spots, but never turned into what we all thought it could turn into, but he was an incredible college quarterback. He really yeah. transformed that position in the early two thousands and uh, put up one of the most exciting championship game uh, single-game performances, I guess, in the history of the sports. Yeah,
1: I guess the biggest argument against VY is that he never won the Heisman, but everyone and their mother agrees that he should have won the Heisman in 2005. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, he didn't, and that's what goes on his resume, but he should have won the Heisman and the national championship in the same year, and that performance against USC was arguably the best single-game performance we've ever seen in the history of the sport especially when you consider the stakes. I mean, if he put up those kind of numbers against a bad team, it would have been impressive, but to do that against the back-to-back defending champion, dynastic USC team, and obviously the touchdown in the final minute on fourth and five, like that's, that's as good as it gets right there. So, and let's have forget no too
2: that USC team was littered with NFL talent. So it was Texas, by the way. But they had a really good defense that year, too. So that was just uh, one of those examples where uh, it's two of the best offenses in the history of the sport at that time. Probably still to this day, a lot of those guys uh, would be making a lot of NIL money to uh, to hone their craft at various skill positions.
1: I think I'm cool with VY being number three on this list. I think I'm cool with number two being number two on this list. Like Cam Newton... Texas didn't have a ton of wide receiver talent on 05. Cam Newton's Auburn team in 2010, like I don't think they had anybody on that offense who ever started a game in the NFL. It was literally Cam Newton. And was it Gus? Was it Gene Chizik who was the coach on that team? It was Gene Chizik. Who had whole, like Mac Brown's, Mac Brown's the winningest coach in Texas, like Texas history, had a great coaching career. Should have won more. Kind of ruined Texas by not letting Nick Saban follow him up. But still, Mac Brown's had a legendary Hall of Fame caliber coaching career. Gene Chizik wasn't a good coach. Auburn didn't have a bunch of talent. And even though it was one year where VY put it together for a couple of years, like Cam Newton's 2010, that shit is stuff of legend. So I would go Cam Newton at number two. But who I would go number one, it's Tim Tebow, man. Don't
2: say it. It's Tim Tebow
1: say it come on it's the resume i'm just going on resume here like two national championships the heisman trophy that guy was the best player in college football for a couple of years if not three years and i'm going with him i'm going with the cop-out brady excuse of multiple championships here the guy was a key part I know he didn't start on that 06 team it was chris league but he was a huge force for them and then became like one of the best players in the country three years in a row. After that, I would I would put Tim Tebow number one on this list, and then Baker maybe could be number four or five.
2: Baker four or five, yeah, he might be four or five. Uh, look, you're right; the resume speaks for itself with Tim Tebow, the two championships, Heisman. I mean, just the leadership qualities for a guy who, by the way, helped to uphold that Urban Meyer dynasty at times where it could have gone really sideways considering how many key players are doing really fucked up things off the field too. So uh, that deflected a lot of uh, what, what could have been on that program and caused a major distraction for them and their efforts to win that second championship during his tenure. And he, he's performed circumcisions before Trey. Who else,
1: who else on this list has done that? Yeah. Tim Tebow during mission trip to the Philippines, actually performed circumcisions as part of his duty like that's that's incredibly impressive right there
2: has medi- to be a little bit more medical training before something like that's happening here i mean did they just assume that he had soft hands and he could get the cut right i don't know but he got the job done
1: none of those kids have been heard from since but i think he got the job done
2: yeah exactly none of them have been heard from since there's one that suffered some sort of horrific infection. That uh, that kid is is buried, figuratively speaking, of course. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'm a big Jesus guy, man. Tebow and I, yeah, d- different vantage points on uh on the Jesus. You're uh you consider Jesus a member of the tribe, and Tebow considers Jesus the savior of humanity.
1: I think he also considers him a member of the tribe at first. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just trying to get brownie points with the
2: other religion here. I'm not sure. Oh, is that right? You're trying to ingratiate yourself with Gentiles now, are you? Perhaps. Be careful. If you say that too much, you're going to end up with the other desecrants in the cemetery when it's all said and done. (laughs) That dude and felon freaks. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. I got to watch out for that one.
1: Shoot. Here's the rest of the uh, we'll go top. 15 here and you'll see why we go to 15 here momentarily but uh, once again top ranked quarterbacks in college football since the year 2000 this is from bill Connolly of espn he just posted this this morning baker mayfield number one cam newton number two vy number three tim tebow number four joe burrow number five the rapist deshaun watson number six Kyler Murray, the little guy, number seven, Lamar Jackson, eight, Marcus Mariota, nine, RG3, 10, Trevor Lawrence, 11, and here comes Colt McCoy, funny enough, the guy who wore number 12, ranked number 12 on this list.
2: Boy, thinking about quarterbacks who put up silly numbers but didn't win a championship, I would... I would consider putting RG3 ahead of Baker Mayfield. Really? Yes.
1: Okay. Uh, look, both guys won a Heisman. I think Baker was a Heisman finalist three times in his Oklahoma career. Obviously, closer to a title than Baylor did. But, you know, at the end of the day, neither guy won.
2: oh I froze. Did I unfreeze? You did freeze for a second. We'll uh keep an eye on this and see if I need to throw it to some early spots in the show. I guess uh timely spots now that we're at twelve twenty-five. I think we're okay. Looks like looks like we're back
1: on. But uh yeah, I, I wouldn't go with you there. And not a slide at RG three. I mean, that Heisman winning season at Baylor in what twenty eleven was incredible. Um, and I mean he and our Bryles, I guess, are Huge parts of Baylor's turnaround and the reason they have that nice new riverfront stadium in Waco. But I, I wouldn't go as high as Baker. I'm fine with him being in the top 10. I, I think Baker, though, should be ahead of him.
2: I would definitely have Deshaun Watson ahead of Baker Mayfield, too. Really? Yep. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, he did win the title. And he was amazing against that Alabama team. Now, that game-winning touchdown pass in the final second to Hunter Renfro. Like, that's, that's one thing that Deshaun has on his resume that um Baker Mayfield does not now Deshaun Deshaun didn't win a Heisman did he I don't believe so no I don't I don't think so either but double check that he got uh you know Clemsoning was a thing forever because they always came up small and big moments and Deshaun was able to uh change the narrative there um yeah Kyler Murray Kyler Murray being number seven is that
2: too high it's an interesting case study. He is another one of those guys. The career NFL career has been up and down, but he was such a unique quarterback at the college level. Because he was just a couple of inches tall, I guess, of being considered a legal dwarf. Um, The fact that he had so much crazy athleticism, his running ability, the explosiveness, but also his ability to throw the football too. And look, he benefited from having a couple of really good receivers and Hollywood Brown and CeeDee Lamb. But Kyler Murray, I I dreaded going up against him in a sense because I knew he was going to pull things out of his ass where you just kind of scratch your head and give him credit for pulling something amazingly athletic off.
1: Yeah, I think Kyler Murray's too high. We told you Colt McCoy's number 12. Uh, I'll give you a guy who's too low. Jo- Johnny Football at number 13 is too low.
2: Mm.
1: He- he's too low for me. Um, yep. Agreed. I mean, that like that guy, I know he didn't win a national title. Hell, didn't even make it to a BCS Bowl at A&M. But that that guy was the most electrifying player in college football two years in a row. And obviously was rewarded with the Heisman Trophy in one of those years. Uh, I know he had Mike Evans. That obviously helps, but it's not like A&M was littered with talents uh, at the time he was there. Like, to me, Johnny... Johnny Football's had a Kyler Murray, for me. Like, yeah, I agree with that. And and Johnny's 13, and Kyler's number 7. Both guys won a Heisman. Obviously, Kyler had a much better NFL career. That's still going on, and Johnny's regarded as one of the biggest busts of all time. You know, Kyler won a conference title. Johnny didn't, but... I I don't know, man. Like, for for me, Johnny Football is too low on this list. Say what you will, Aggie haters
2: who tune in. But that guy was... A freaking monster. Uh, Michael and Cb both have a similar take here with regards to Matt Liner. Where did you say he was ranked, or have you said his name yet? No, he's uh, he's outside of the top fifteen. He's at number seventeen. Oh, that's what are we doing here? This guy spent this much time coming up with the top seventy quarterbacks in college since two thousand. He doesn't even have Liner in the top ten. What are we doing here? No, top eighty quarterbacks. Trey, excuse me, top eighty loser. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Leonard is 17. He's behind, you know, Kellen Moore's at 14. Sam Bradford's at 15. There's the end of your top 15 on this list. Mm. Yeah, Matt Leonard, 37 and 2. Like, how, how is he not higher on this list? Won a Heisman, too, didn't he? Two national championships, a Heisman, and two losses in college. Yeah. What are we, what are we, part of the, one of the greatest dynasties in the history of the sport?
2: He definitely had a lot of talent around him too, but hey, he clearly did his part. Yeah, that's a great point. God, I, I didn't even
1: think about Matt Leonard the first time I scrolled through this list, but him being outside of the top 15 is a
2: joke. Yeah. like I, I love Cole McCoy. He's got to be ahead of Cole, doesn't he? I'll tell you, Matt Leinart actually has an argument to be in top five, if not number one overall, when you look at the body of work.
1: Yeah, I mean, the reason I gave Tim Tebow number one was two national championships and a Heisman trophy. Matt Leinert's got, what, two national championships, played for a third, and he also won a Heisman trophy. Ended up being a top 10 pick in the draft. Like, I, I, Tim Tebow was a better college player, but Matt liner had a better arm. Like,
2: he's a great college QB who absolutely should be much higher than he is. And he had really good talents around him, but how many of those receivers stuck at the NFL level? I feel like a lot of those guys fizzled out after a couple of years, too. So maybe he was making some of those big-bodied athletic receivers look better than they actually were. Yeah, that's a good point,
1: man. Uh, all right, well, rounding out the top 20 since we're here, Andrew Luck, 18, Jaden Daniels, 19. Uh, okay, and then Bryce Young, speaking of little guys, number 20. So most of the dudes in the top 20 have won a Heisman or a national championship. You've got a couple of exceptions, Colt McCoy being one of them, Kellen Moore being one of them. Those guys are two of the winningest quarterbacks ever. I mean, when Colt left, he was the winningest and then Kellen Moore a few years later broke Colt's record. So those guys obviously did some great things in college for a few years, but yeah, there's a lot. I mean, obviously you can get into all sorts of arguments when putting together a list like this over a span of this much time, but there are a lot of amendments that I think should be made to to Bill Connolly's list here. Agreed. Awesome. Yep, so there you go. We'll take your thoughts. The code of text line 512 9328 945 number says Colt McCoy had a better career than Baker. Him being a walk-on makes people think he's better than he actually is. Uh, I I can't say he had a better career than Baker. I mean, Colt had an amazing career, but. I, I would not put him ahead of Baker Mayfield on this list. Nope, n- me neither. Uh, both guys were studs. And, yeah, I think Baker being a walk-on and a transfer adds to part of his lust as a college great. But the numbers, the eye test, that stuff all speaks for itself
2: for him. For Cole McCoy, he did come from Jim dead high school, was a three-star recruit, and did have to follow Vince Young, too, starting as a redshirt freshman. So... Uh, He had a great career, too, obviously, as the win totals would suggest and insane accuracy. But his final year here, the offense was a bit of a weakness on this football team. That defense uh, really carried them more than the offense did. Now, only a bit of that is on Colt, but he was the quarterback that season. Colt is a
1: crappy play call away from being in the top five on this list.
2: That's the option left.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not top five, I mean six or seven. But uh, it's just a a giant what if. I mean, still amazing. But a giant what if for for his career, which we know the answer to that what if. But unfortunately, that's not the reality that we get to live in. Okay, keep the text coming. Keep the comments coming. I know Case McCoy did not make the top 80 quarterbacks list. Uh, If it was top 8,000, perhaps. But. I don't even know if one extra zero would get Case McCoy on on this ranking. No offense to him. Okay, before we shift gears and get into a little Texas basketball, the Longhorns back in action tonight in Lubbock. We'll preview that game and give you some updated bracketology from the college basketball world. Let's uh, let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will start with a recorded spot from our man Tom McKay of AV Consultations.
0: This is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our clients for making the last 25 years both fun and fruitful. For those of you who have not experienced our services yet, we'd like to invite you to give us a try for all of your home electronics needs. We take care of everything from surround sound home theaters and distributed audio to computer networks, home surveillance systems, to a new television in the living room or bedroom. And we come to you. There's no need to leave your home to find great pricing and incomparable service. No traffic, inexperienced sales geeks, or pushy showroom tactics. Just give us a call and we'll visit you at your home or business to take a look at what you really need. Just relax, hug your kids, and smile. We make your electronics and life simpler to manage. So give us a call and discover what over 7,000 families and businesses already have. Audiovisual consultations is the easiest, most complete way to enjoy today's electronics. Call us at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. Or online at avconsultations.com.
1: Oh, yeah. Much loved AV Consultations. Also, a shout-out to Altstadt Beer, the best beer that you can find in the history of the known universe. It's easy to find as well. Just pick some up wherever you buy your beer. H-E-B, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine, 34 Wine and Spirits. Wherever you go, you can find Altstadt.com. Altstat's got a bunch of different brews, too. Something for every beer drinker out there. And every Aldstat is brewed with just four simple ingredients: no additives, no preservatives, none of that filler stuff you find in some big name beer brands or even some of the other local brews. You can feel good about what you're putting into your system with Altstat. Most importantly, though, the taste hits the spot every single time. It's the only beer that I drink. Like I will go out of my way to find Altstat. And I'm telling y'all, one sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. It is Altstadt beer, no impurities, no regrets. real quick.
2: Yes. Because Altstadt is, are they an official sponsor for your 30th birthday party this Saturday? Yes. The title sponsor for BK's 30th birthday celebration at Kelly's Irish pub.
1: Yeah, that's when you know you've made it in this life. You have your birthdays sponsored.
2: I'll say. I always shot for having a sandwich named after me at a deli, but that's a pretty cool second place if I don't say so myself. Can I ask a question? How familiar are you with the owners of Kelly's? Pretty familiar. Okay. Will you please ask them if they will provide... hmm, Maybe I shouldn't say this on the air, but I'm going to say it anyhow because I need to uh, carry through with the bid. Uh, I just got something in the mail... And I hope that uh, most everybody who attends the party on Saturday can, can do this with us. No, it's not a package from Colorado or Oregon or California. It is something we talked about on the show literally two plus months ago that I ordered in the moment on the show, and it literally finally arrived in the mail. I would say synchronistically, considering your birthday is coming up just a couple of days ago. The Doritos vodka in the mail. So I feel like I need to buy a sleeve of plastic shot glasses. And at some point during the celebration on Saturday, we all need to take a shot of Doritos flavored vodka in honor of you, my friends.
1: Wow. The Doritos nacho cheese flavored vodka. It just got there. I remember. Yeah, you ordered this last year. Yeah.
2: I ordered it at le- at latest in December and possibly November, but it did finally get here. Oh my God! All right, yeah, because I think a bunch of
1: us on TSU will be out there on Saturday, so everyone except Bucky, I think, can uh, can have. Oh my God! Did you just drink some. That was water. No. Dude, I am (laughs) dreading what that is going to taste like. I'm I'm so intrigued. Yeah, look, I'm sure it's okay. We'll be, uh, you know, all stats coming through. We'll be spending enough money there to where I think they'll be perfectly fine with us having a shot of Doritos vodka. Uh, Everybody else will be supporting Kelly's and buying drinks on the tab, so... Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, please bring that on Saturday. That will be fantastic, and we'll make sure someone's recording so we have content for the shows next week. Most definitely. So we can uh, we can see how it goes. Hey, happy birthday, J.D. Hack. Thanks for tuning in on your birthday. Yeah. Appreciate happy that. Beautiful. By the way, open invite this Saturday, Kelly's Irish Pub, 4-6, to six, sponsored by Altstadt Beer. Let me buy y'all a beer uh, as a payback for y'all's support of what we're doing here with Texas Sports Unfiltered and Y'all support over the years for everything we've been doing in sports media here in Austin. So come on out. Uh, No kids, because it's a bar after all. But, uh, you know, bring your significant other, bring a friend, whatever. Just uh, bring yourself, most importantly. Come see us this Saturday. Not quite, Double D. Not quite. Mm. Good to know, though. Good to know. Maybe that offer will be on the table. That'd be the ultimate giveaway that we do at TSU, a drug
2: trip with us. That's unfiltered. That's, uh, that's called the Texas Sports Unfiltered Camping Trip of 2025. I like that idea a lot. All right. Uh, speaking of camping, Texas Tech basketball
1: fans have been camping out for this Texas game since last Friday. Uh, The game's tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. The Longhorns looking to bounce back from that embarrassment in Lawrence over the weekend. Uh, They now go into another hostile road environment. The last two times Texas has played on the road have not gone well. They got boat raced by Houston last Saturday. They got mollywomped by Kansas this past Saturday. And, uh, look, they play a Texas Tech team that's not nearly as good as Kansas or Houston, but still the Texas Tech team that's 14-1 at home this season, a Texas Tech team that went into Austin and beat Texas pretty good at the start of conference play back in January. And the Longhorns, it's not a must-win game, Trey, but uh, they are starting to inch closer back to the bubble with the way that they've played over the last week and a half or so. You got any faith that they can find a road victory tonight? Or is what you've seen from this team in their last two performances enough to make you think that there's no chance it happens.
2: Yeah, Texas Tech was a bad matchup for Texas the first time around. I realized DeSue was still trying to get back into form at that point, but they've also been really good at home, BK. The fact that they beat number six Kansas a few weeks ago by almost 30 points is indicative of the type of effort that they get at home, and this is Texas Tech fans' last chance to root against the Longhorns in that arena in basketball. So it is going to be as raucous a venue as they face this year. Now, Texas at times has stepped up to that quite nicely, but we've also seen unnerving atmospheres where there was a lot of shit being talked. I'm thinking about that BYU game where they completely folded under the pressure. And unfortunately, I think that's what we see tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kansas and Houston are hostile, but you're right, this is Texas Tech's last time to root against Texas. And I'm pretty sure they hate Texas more than they like their own school. So they're going to be amped up yeah. for this one. And look, I mean, Texas Tech's been struggling as of late. They are 14-1 and one at home, uh, but they have lost, I think, three of four and five of seven overall. Obviously, most of those games have been away from Lubbock. But this this feels like a good time to be getting Texas Tech. Now, you could also say it feels like a good time to be getting Texas with Max Asemus in the worst slump of his career. And the Longhorns looking like they have in the last three games. But Texas Tech, they're a little bit banged up. Uh, I had a couple of guys not play in their loss to UCF on Saturday that are questionable for this game tonight. You brought up Dylan DeSue. Like, Texas is healthier right now than they were at the start of January, the first time these two teams played. So there are things going in Texas's favor. But look, the Longhorns are still four-and-a-half to five-point underdogs They're still probably the worst team in this matchup. And, of course, they are playing on the road. So they've got to get Max Aismas going. It's as simple as that. If Max Aismas, if that slump turns from three to four games, and we're talking about another single-digit scoring performance from him tomorrow, then we'll be talking about another road loss for Texas. The good news for the Longhorns, Texas Tech's defense not nearly as good as KU, K-State's, or Houston's is. So you'd like to think he's going to be able to get something going. But, yeah, if, uh, if Max Acemus can't get out of the slump, uh, it's not going to matter what the guys around
2: him do. It's going to be another long night on the road for the Horns. Oh, boy. Well, I'm going to be at a comedy show tonight, so I'm once again going to have the option to look at the box score at the end of the game to decide whether or not I need to actually watch the game itself or just read really good write-ups to make it seem like I watched the game. Oh, watch the game. Come on the home stretch. I can't can't help it that I had access to really cheap Tom Segura tickets at Creek in the Cave tonight. So me and some volleyball buds are going to go down there and check out the show and grab dinner afterwards. So I'm just going to be box score eyeballing to make sure it's not a complete waste of my time. This team's getting run out of the gym at halftime and it's over by the first TV timeout of the second half. I'll well, maybe watch a little bit, but it's just going to be a lot of fast forward action going on.
1: We'll be oiling up some dudes at a comedy show tonight. Are you filming Top Gun 3 with Tom Segura?
2: The oil is only to ensure that our skin stays looking good because you want to make sure that your skin's not drying out too badly after it's been exposed to the sun, you know? Mm, looking good for what? For dinner? Yeah, the dinner, the comedy show, you want to make sure those muscles are showing a little bit more, like you get you get a little bit of uh, a little bit of shadowing with the muscles with the oil. It's uh yeah, there's uh, there's many many benefits to oiling up one another's skin. What's your nickname on the court? Do you Sand have one.
1: Sand Ellinger? Yeah. Uh, okay. Does everyone has
2: Everyone have their own nicknames. Yeah. What are some of the other ones? Uh, one of the guys' nickname is Peanut Butter. <laughs> Does he bring his dog out there every week?
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline.
0: Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app
1: right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
1: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal.
0: Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
2: (laughs) One of the guy's nicknames is the ball molester because I swear he gets his hands on everything. Okay. Oy. And one of the guys' nicknames is Jonathan. What's his actual name? Jonathan. He just that he doesn't get a nickname. Well, we we pronounce it more Jonathan with an T O T H O N. Oh. He spells his name with a T H A N.
1: Huge difference there. Yeah. Thank Jonathan. you for the clarification. Jonathan. Oh, that's the nickname. Yeah. It's Toyota and Jonathan going on. That's, that's right. Yeah, interesting. The ball molester yeah uh, don't let me meet that guy please keep that guy away from everybody
2: that's not a humble brag it's a stupid thing to admit jason but i am being as honest with you people as possible that if texas gets their fucking asses kicked on the road again i am not subjecting myself to that nonsense just like the kansas game this last saturday soccer saved me in that regard i guess
1: yeah yeah i went back and watched the entirety of the texas kansas game on sunday I actually watched the first half twice now i you know i root for the other team also so maybe that's uh part of the reason why i watched it because that was the best half of basketball kansas has played all year but i put myself through the misery of texas and kansas and for some reason i put myself through the full misery of texas and houston last saturday it won't be that bad it it can't be that bad And, and here's where Here's where I mentioned this earlier. Like, Texas is creeping closer to the last four in, first four out conversation. Yeah. Jerry Palm, who is the lead bracketologist for CBS, currently has Texas out of the field of 68. Now, he is going on a limb with that because I looked at Bracket Matrix. It's the site that compiles every bracketology on the internet. There are 108 brackets that they're looking at right now. 107 of them have Texas in the field. So literally, Jerry Palm is the only person right now. So I don't think you need to freak out at the moment. Like if the season ended today, I think Texas would still be fine. But Joe Lenardi, probably the most well-known prognosticator of brackets, he has Texas as a last four-by right now, which means they're in, and they wouldn't have to be in Dayton, but they're not safely in. And that also probably means that if Texas loses tonight, you could see them in the last four-in category the next time joey brackets uh unveils a new field of 68 so that's you win this game tonight you still have some work to do but if you lose this game just get ready to see texas back in that last four in first four out graphic on espn
2: for the rest of the week jerry palm more like harry palm and jason you're right about that the tom segura cheap tickets that was a total humble brag you were right about that being mm. a humble brag the comedy Regardless of whether Texas wins or loses, I will be much happier having watched the comedy show than watching Texas basketball because I'm forced to watch one more game of college basketball than I would otherwise.
1: No thoughts on the bracketology. That's how checked out you are. You're going to Tom Segura.
2: Yeah, well, I, I said Jerry Palm more like Harry Palm. I mean, yeah, Texas needs to win. We talked about it yesterday. Texas needs to win one of these two tough road games, either at Texas Tech or at Baylor, to feel good about their chances of making the tournament without winning at least a couple of games in the big 12 tourney here in a few weeks.
1: Yeah. Even being
2: Oklahoma at the end of the season does a very small amount versus winning at Baylor or at Texas tech tonight. Excuse me, Trey. Yeah. uh, You're right. Look at tech
1: at Baylor. Those are better wins than home. Oklahoma state home, Oklahoma. I still feel like if Texas gets any combination of two of these last four, they'll be in but you're right. Like, you want to feel safe. Like, you don't want to be like, oh, yeah, no. Like, we're 8-10 and 10 in the Big 12, and look at all these other teams that have been 8-10 and 10 in the Big 12 and made it to the tournament. Like, you don't want to be, like, eh, just relying on history and hoping that that's going to be enough to get you in. You want to be like, all right, yeah, we know we're in. Now we just see where we go and who we play. You know, that's, that's what sucks about going from where we were last year, where it's like, oh, yeah, we know we're in, and we probably know we're going to be a two-seed. It's just all right who's in our bracket and where are we playing and now we're like oh shit we got four games left in the regular season and it's like are are we in are we going to start in Dayton? are we going to be in the nit again like it's just it's been such a frustrating season for so many different reasons and it's got a chance to get more frustrating in these last uh, this
2: last week and a half of the regular year I just hate how stoic I am with this basketball team right now. Like last year's team, they had a bunch of dudes that were very likable. And obviously the adversity that they dealt with before they got into conference play just added to Longhorn fans getting behind this team in hopes that they could do something special. And they did. They made it to the Elite Eight for the first time in more than a decade. And we're very close to making it back to that Final Four. And this year's team, I mean, they have some likable guys for sure. That's not it. It's just... The play has been so inconsistent. I just have a hard time uh, wasting too much emotion on the uh, ups and downs of the season through conference play.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of other Texas fans are kind of apathetic towards this program right now. And look, if they do make the tournament, everybody will be watching and and hopefully rooting and supporting on the Longhorns. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an annoying year and there's so many what-ifs that you have with this Texas basketball program right now. We'll see. Rodney Terry will be back next year. Uh, he got dealt a pretty unfortunate hand by his two top recruits, deciding deciding to go pro, like, in the offseason. That didn't help things for him very much. But, look, he's it, my thoughts on him are documented. My thoughts on his job this season are documented. There's a lot of other things that he screwed up. He's not losing his job after this season, regardless of what happens. But this fan base uh, will get antsier and antsier if things don't go well in the last two, three, hopefully month, that Texas has left in this season.
2: Yeah, Rodney Terry's not going to do anything off the court that is going to get him in trouble or get him fired. But if they somehow miss the tournament, his next year he's coaching for his job. I think that it's safe to say that. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, Even though Shock
1: was here for six years and CDC was a part of four of those years and there were inconsistencies there, uh yeah I mean, you missed the tournament that that increases the heat on your seat a lot uh, i don't think rodney terry would have to have an amazing year next year to get a third year but uh if it's back-to-back miss tournament seasons at the university of texas with all the resources that we have here and the new moody center being as nice as it is then yeah a, a change will be made I don't expect that to happen, though. BK uh, okay.
2: and I talked about this yesterday. I've mentioned it on this show as well. The fact that they lost those two talented freshmen in April, CB was able to chart it fifteen days apart, losing Holland and AJ Johnson. It put them behind the eight ball, but that it, it sucks. But it's also the name of the game in college basketball, and he still went hard in the transfer portal. And he brought guys in, some of whom have been a net positive, but other guys just haven't quite worked out just yet. And that is the name of the game in college basketball in this current era. It's what Chris Baird was maybe better at than anything else going back to his time at Texas Tech, and certainly here in Austin too, is off-season roster construction. And Texas loses... A lot of production off of this year's team heading into next season. So that biggest question surrounding Rodney Terry uh, is going to remain so until he proves the ability to uh, to understand that formula enough to go out and get the right sorts of guys that he needs to to win like he did last season here in Austin.
1: Yeah, that's where RT's lack of resume hurts him, right? Like you look at the other teams that were in the Elite Eight last year. Miami's going to miss the tournament. Arkansas is one of the worst teams in the SEC. Gonzaga's a bubble team right now. Kansas State is going to miss the tournament out of the Big 12. Like, a lot of the other teams that made it as far as Texas aren't even going to make the dance. Yeah. So it's not just like, how can Texas go from Elite Eight to miss it? Like, that, that happens sometimes. But, look, Jim Laranega at Miami's had an amazing career there. Uh, obviously, Mark Few at Gonzaga's done a great job. Like, all, all these other coaches, Musselman in Arkansas, like, they, they made so many deep tournament runs un- under him like all these other coaches have more they can point to at their current stops where it's like, okay, you have a bad year when it might be a little unexpected. That's fine. You still have a lot of faith that the coach can win at that spot. Eh, Rodney Terry, because it's his first full season at Texas. And because his resume before Texas was not all that great as a head coach, you're still like, eh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So bad years can happen, but yeah, this coach doesn't have a track record of good years that he can lean on to where people are just like, oh, this might be the anomaly we're just uh we're unsure so next year is going to be a big year for him 100 percent. all right good conversation there uh trey actually before we let you talk about big hat let's let everybody hear and see from our friends at covert bk hi i'm dan covert with my wife Hayden. welcome to covert bk
0: Our newest location in the gorgeous Hill Country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about.
1: Covert, born and raised in Austin.
2: Yes, indeed. And Trey, how about some love to Big Hat? Sure thing. BigHatSpirits.com is the website. They are redefining the cocktail in the can. It's low in BS. That means no syrups. They're non-GMO. Plenty of other uh, positive things in terms of stuff they're not putting in that beverage. And Big Hat was born to honor legends. And on each can, they honor a different legend. For instance, that jalapeno ranch water. You might uh, find a can that has shiny ribs on the side. Quan Cosby has at least part of those margarita cans. Jack Ingram's on the side of the margarita mocktail. How about Daryl K. Royal on the side of the margarita? Gary P. Nunn, Prickly Pear Paloma, Lightning Hopkins, also on that jalapeno ranch water, love to see Bobby Nelson, Willie's sister, on a side of the margarita. W. C. Clark on the jalapeno ranch water, and uh, we even have uh, someone like Marsha Ball on the side of that margarita mocktail. Uh, Radney Foster, I've seen Django Walker on the sides of cans as well. Find out for yourself by getting some of those big hat cocktails in a can. Where can you get them? Well, rather than me tell you all the different places across Central Texas, I'm going to encourage you to go to. Uh, the website, BigHatSpirits.com. Scroll just past the top of that website. You'll see a map of Central Texas and a bunch of little Big Hat icons all over that map. Click the icon that's closest to you and you will find the store selling Big Hat Spirits and BigHatSpirits.com. Absolutely.
1: And a quick word from our friends at Pest Wranglers before where are we at in society.
0: Hey, it's Steve from Pest Wranglers, and I don't know of a single mosquito that owns a home with a backyard, but they sure like to hang out in your yard and make you miserable. Pest Wranglers can fix that for you. Our mosquito treatments are designed to kill adult mosquitoes as well as keep mosquito larvae from developing for up to three weeks. Use us all summer or just once before that big party. No contract, no hassles, no blood sucking mosquitoes. Check out our reviews and see what others are saying about Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, effective,
2: reliable, affordable. Online at pestwranglers.com. Where are we at
0: in society
2: today? That's right. It is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism. that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. And today, well, it's neither of those things, BK. I have a question for you because I have a bit of a quandary in life. Today, I'm trying to figure out right now. And so I need your social expertise to help me out here. I believe it's Quandre, what you were looking for. Oh, instead of Quandre, Yeah. Quandre Diggs?
1: Yeah, it's not Quandre Diggs. It's Quandre. Just want to make sure you're pronouncing words correctly.
2: That bit has reached a new low. (laughs) Well done there. (laughs) But I do need your social expertise, if you don't mind. All right. Fire away. So... I have a bachelor party that I've been invited to that I've been planning on going to in early April involving a good friend of mine, a guy that you know, Andrew Baker. Yeah. And the bachelor party is going to take us seven plus hours away on the road to West Texas to a town near the Mexican border called Terlingua. We're actually going to spend a day across the border in the sleepy little border town on the Mexico side of things. And there's uh, probably going to be all sorts of uh, crazy things happening there involving uh, ingesting substances and just having good times with your buds. We may break into some games and pick up volleyball before it's all said and done. So that was scheduled for, I think, that first full weekend of April. But I just learned yesterday that the... Path of totality solar eclipse. It's going to be happening. That's going to rip its way through South and Central Texas and make its up way make its way through Austin. You're going to be in the path of totality up to Dallas and beyond. Is that same weekend on that Saturday? And I really want to see a uh, a, a solar eclipse in the path of totality. So I'm considering skipping out on the bachelor party, which requires us to leave. Friday morning, it wouldn't get back until late on Monday to watch this solar eclipse instead. Is that insane logic that I'm using to possibly meet out on what was likely going to be a really fun weekend to see a -a once-in-a-lifetime event like the solar eclipse in the path of totality?
1: Boy, you really know how to piss me off. I mean, you have learned how to push my buttons over the years, my friend. Um, If you miss out on the bachelor party for a freaking eclipse, Something that happens every six months it's in our the path our of
2: totality, world. though! We don't get the path of totality!
1: Something that happens every six months in our society. You miss out on a bachelor party for a good friend of yours, and this guy I know is a good friend of yours. And it's not like he's forcing you to go to, I don't know, camping or a river trip or to, uh, something not fun that you wouldn't want to do. You're getting to go to a badass place and and have a great time doing drugs and seeing nature and whatever the hell it is you guys are going to do out there. The fact that you consider skipping that to look at the sky. The sky, the sky. They have the sky where you're going. You can see that eclipse shit over there, can't you?
2: But it's at the totality. What does that even it's, mean? The moon is going to be completely covering the sun. You're just going to get the corona of the sun.
1: I don't don't want the virus from the sun. I don't need the beer from the sun either. I don't care about that. Just go to the bachelor party. There will be another once-in-a-lifetime eclipse, I'm telling you, in six months.
2: That's how it always goes. All right. Well, on that note, then, I'm going to be missing the uh, Friday and Monday shows that week. The real question is,
1: do I miss the final four for that? Because that bachelor party is the weekend of the final four. Come on, Baker. Is it? Yeah, first weekend in April. Uh,
2: almost on, almost so always the Final Four. We check this. Okay.
1: I don't know when the eclipse is. That shows you how little I care about that
2: crock. It is going to be... Yeah, it's the Final Four. It's that same weekend. Hmm. So in that, Glendale, Arizona.
1: Right there. Not that you were planning on going to Glendale for the Final Four, but that's... If you want to bail on the bachelor party for that, then I understand.
2: Ew, but. No, solar eclipse is way cooler than the final four most years. God, Don't do it. I I, I hope. I, totality, man. We can go down to Kerrville
1: and be in the dead center of the thing. The good news is Andrew's going to uninvite you after hearing this segment. So you don't have to worry about making a decision. <laughs> Take care awesome. of the, all right, I see Chip. I see Zay. Fellas, any thoughts on uh, Trey's ridiculous question? He's in between a badass bachelor party for one of his good friends, or staying in Austin to watch the ten thousand times in a lifetime eclipse that's coming up in April.
2: I mean, that sounds pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's the path of totality. It's the path of totality. I mean, is this one of your boys? He's a good friend, like, I would I would cut you off. Okay, <laughs> let me add this because you initially, said, man, I I can't come to your bachelor party because I got to check out an eclipse. I'd be like, we were never friends. Let me just add this because initially, he said he's doing it that weekend so he could watch the eclipse in the path of totality from near the Mexican border. And now we're going to be missing out on the eclipse altogether. We're well out of the reach of the path of totality. I would have to drive like five hours to get to the Kerrville area to get uh, dead center of the path of totality. Is this guy an astronomist? <laughs> no, but he's, a, he's an experiences guy. Yo, man, seeing how <sighs> white you look right now on
0: screen, you need to go and get that border sun you, you need a bath, man you need to make that trip.
2: Dude, I am about to throw my camera. It's supposed to have auto uh, white balance on <laughs> every <laughs> Everybody needs a little bit of white balance, you know. <laughs> and you're supposed auto white balance has not worked these last two days. And so last yesterday, I looked like I was fucking Greek. and today I look like a, a ghost. I just can't win with this damn camera. I'm about to throw it in the garbage. Yeah, you're supposed to hold up
1: like a white sheet of paper to white balance a camera, but you can just uh, put up <laughs> your face and that will
2: get the job done today. Shit, no white pieces of paper. Oh, by the way, you guys are both going to be at Kelly's Irish Pub for BK's birthday on Saturday, correct? Yes. Oh yeah. All right, just going to warn you now. Oh, wait, I have BK an eclipse I got to check out. <laughs> My Doritos flavored vodka came in so we're all going to take a shot of Doritos flavored vodka. They don't shake your head please. Do not gumbro. Do not shake your head please.
0: <laughs> Come on man, it. why you bring the gumbros into it? Now it's sentimental. Now I have to do it. Exactly. That's fine. <laughs> Asshole.
1: <laughs> God. All right, gentlemen. You guys have a great day and a great show and we'll be back tomorrow.
0: See ya, fellas. Cheers.